Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Friday with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. Okay, before we get into this episode of Friday. I want to remind you that my 2019 mastermind is filling up quickly in terms of the applications rolling in. Now, I've not started my pre-qualification phone calls yet, but remember, this is on a first-come, first-served basis for at least getting your applications in line. I go through them all. I look for the best fit, and then I set up a phone call to see if it's a great fit between you, me, and our existing group. So, If you are at all interested, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind. So the mastermind is the fastest way I know of to 10x your business, up-level your tribe, and get a clear path to grow your business and your relationship to the next level. It's like a significant shortcut for you. So- Look at it this way. What if by this time next year, your profits 10X and you spent less time working and had more time with your family and your friends doing the things that light you up? And what if you did it with the highest level entrepreneurs on the planet? And what if you learned all of this while you were experiencing some of the most amazing adventures places, and cities in the world. Stop the what ifs and choose, make a decision to make this happen. So go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and fill out the application. In the mastermind, I'll put you into a group of high level achievers where everyone is at your level or higher, and you'll be in three different masterminds throughout the year going to three different locations and being a part of what I call an experiential learning environment. I learn best by doing cool things with cool people and not in the back of a Holiday Inn conference room. So I redesigned the entire mastermind concept and made it fully immersive experiences. I made the long conference room tables disappear, you know, the one with the mints and the water, it's all gone. So who's it for? Any upper six-figure earner that is at $300,000 or above or those that have just barely squeaked over their first million and are looking to learn how to get past the multiple seven-figure range year after year. So even if you're just curious, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and click apply. Do not let this negative self-chatter get in the way. We all have it, by the way. Power through it. Power through it. You can do it. All right, let's get on with the episode. Well, Kimberly Murgatroyd, how are you, my dear? I am just 
ducky. You're ducky, huh? I'm ducky. Hey, you know what we're going to talk about today, ducky? What are we talking about? We're going to talk about how the nine to five workplace is becoming extinct. Like a dinosaur? It's like a dinosaur. Today's episode is about the shifts in the economy that are happening fast. Gig economy, passive economy, sharing economy, and more economies. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn three things. Number one, what are the shifts in the economy and can I benefit? Number two, how the gig and share economy is changing the world. And number three, why passive income is the future. You know, I remember when I was a little boy back in uh, Queens. A wee bitty Robert. A wee bitty Robert. What did we do? I turned 52 a couple of days ago. So this was back in 1837. But I remember- (laughs) But no one's counting. Nobody's counting. I remember that what we were supposed to do was get a job, stay in that job until you retire, you get a gold watch and- And your pension. And you get a pension, right? I mean, that's what you do. Well, that's all gone. So let's talk about the shifts in economy. I know that you were doing a little bit of research for this podcast. So tell me what you learned. Well, so I was at an event this weekend and they were talking about how automation is crushing industries. And USA Today- reported 73 million US jobs will be lost by 2030. That is not that many years. That's like, what, 11 years from now, 12 years from now? Yeah, but why are they lost? Uh, Because of automation, because things are becoming automated and the actual workers are not needed. And I've seen some statistics worldwide going up to like 600 million jobs, which is crazy because you know what? People still need to earn an income. Add that to the lack of benefits that are you know, no longer really available when in these long-term careers, which leads to, you know, lack of desire for people to stick with it for, you know, 30, 40, 60 years or whatever they used to. Let me give you an example. Do you know what the number one job in the United States is? I do not, but somehow you do. A truck driver. Yes. That is the number one job. What do you think is going to happen to the number one job in America when self-driving cars come about. It's gone. Gone. It's gone. So nobody's talking about this. You know, I'm watching this new show um, with Sean Penn and it takes place 15 years in the future. It's called The First. It's an amazing show. But the point is what they did was they tried, they did something that nobody else did before. And they, they, they went just 15 years in the future. And just 15 years in the future to this point, it's all self-driving cars. So take that one little thing, self-driving cars. Now, how many people, we're gonna get into this in a second, but how many people are driving driving Ubers? So even the new things that are coming out are gonna disappear as well when things become even more automated. It's so crazy. And most Americans want to be self-employed. There are so many options now. Companies are having to, you know, traditional nine to five workplaces are having to kind of offer different things and get with the program. They're having to um, offer like work at home options, co-working spaces. There's all kinds of innovation in the workplace trying to keep employees because now is easier than ever for someone to be an entrepreneur, create a side gig, or you know, really decide what their paycheck is going to be. And I'm watching this in multiple industries. You know, I'm in no secret, I'm in network marketing. So I talk to lots of people and the calls that I'm doing right now are a lot of women that are in fear 
for their husband's job. And whether it's in medical device sales or like Rob said, truck driving or sales jobs, all of these jobs, people are starting to get paid less and less. They're starting to have to cover more and more territory. So they're working more, getting paid less, having to hustle more. And it's not going to be um, sustainable for families to be able to raise kids, for kids to be able to have great experiences, have both parents home. It's just not working. So a lot of people are going to these gig economies, these passive income models, these residual income models to be able to afford their life and not you know, completely just be a slave to their job. All right, so let's talk about that. Number two is the gig and share economy. What is the gig economy, Kimberly? The gig economy is short-term, you know, work, freelance work. It's where you're getting a gig. It's versus a permanent job. So like, let's just use your podcast. Do you, how many people are you employing on a gig basis? (laughs) Twelve. Right. So you have one person with the editing. But, but understand there are 12 people that are paying me like, you know, one- well, they're not paying one, you. I'm but. sorry. I'm paying them, you know, one person is in the Philippines and they're, you know, they might be, I'll use an example, right? I have somebody in America doing this, but I'll give you an example. Um, on Upwork, you know, you can get somebody who will write the show notes for the podcast and they charge $4 for an hour. Yes. So you can have them write show notes and a title to your episode for four bucks. Yes, but that's exactly it. So that's a gig economy. So you're using Upwork for a gazillion things. I see the bill coming in, so I know. But they're paid on production, right? Yep. They don't get paid if they don't write the show notes. They don't get paid if they don't put the titles in. They don't get paid if they don't edit the video. They do a gig and they get And money. they get paid. And guess what? They better do it well. They better keep their edge. Oh, I look at those reviews. You, if they're If they're not well-reviewed... If if they're not well-reviewed, I don't hire them. And if I hire them and they don't do a good job, I find the next one. Yes. So that gig, you're right, is very potentially temporary. Yeah, so now this gig economy, yes, you can work when you want, where you want, how you want, but you better keep your edge. You better be up to date on the newest production if you're doing video editing. You better be up to date if you're editing podcasts and what's the best audio and all of these things. If you're doing SEO, you definitely better be up to date on that. You better be on your game. You better be on your game. And they are, these things are so popular now because you can get things done at a cheaper rate. People are so worried about protecting their reputation, not just locally. It's not like your local butcher screws you on a pork chop. This is, you know, global across the world globalization, you know, you need- That was to very pr- Donnie Bra- Brasco of you to get screwed on a pork chop <laughs> from the butcher. You like that? Has that happened to you? No. Okay. No, but I figured it did to you, so. Oh, are you kidding me? I, I can tell you exactly the day and time it Exactly, happens. and it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. So the gig economy is amazing and it's creating a different generation of people that need to work and, and the way they work. So their routines are becoming key. So meditation, what's their morning rituals? Where are they working? Look at these co-working spaces popping up everywhere and anywhere. What is their inspiration? What books are they reading? All you have to do is walk in a coffee shop. It's co- coffee shop Everyone's looks working. like an o- a coffee shop is an office now. It's an office now. And so it's crazy. And gig economy is here. So now the share economy is interesting, right? You're renting your car, you're renting your house, you're renting a bike. It's peer-to-peer services. Uber, Airbnb, 
Uber is killing taxis. And the other day, we ran into a friend who used to own a valet business, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, you asked him if he yeah, was- Yeah, I said, hey, what's up, man? How's the valet business? He's like, uh, Uber killed us. I was like, Uber? What the hell has that got to do with valet business? I was like, oh. Yeah, when's the last time we drove our car to oh. dinner? Oh, he said, I saw the writing on the wall. I got out. And I was like, holy cannoli. Yep, Uber, Lyft, killing taxis, valets. Hotels are fighting to not lose their customers to Airbnb. Rob, where's the next four places we're going? <laughs> Airbnb. You, we're not staying in hotels. We're staying in Airbnbs because we have- It's a, better. It's better. I have a full kitchen and a family and it's a backyard and I can bring my dog. It's just better. Our friend Paul in LA, he runs out. He's an Airbnb super host and he runs out his spare bedroom. He's a writer for different TV shows and he's done the Ellen show and he's amazing. He rents out um, a room in his house. He is absolutely amazing, does a great job and earns enough money to pay all of his basic expenses so he can focus on his passion projects instead and, of clicking and was an and Uber driver. It didn't work out for him, but he was an Uber driver. No, but he does rent out his car to other people to drive it for Uber. Remember? <laughs> didn't we hear that? I, that's right. I forgot about that. So both types of these economy shifts, they're allowing people what they want freedom, flexibility to work when they want, where they want, and the ability to control their paycheck. You need extra money, click on your Uber, go drive around for three hours. It's literally changing how the face of this economy, it's no longer go to college, get a job, and you know work till you're 105. And I think that is really important. And there's so many parts of this that, you know, for me, and maybe this is a, a little light bulb I have coming on now, I may have to think about an idea of how I can help these people in a share economy or a gig a gig economy facilitate their life, like get through their day and plan because not everybody is really good at planning out their day and structure. Like when you don't have that click nine to five, it's hard to work. So maybe there's some sort of like service or guidance we can give in that world. Well, you know, I'll tell you, you know, the lexicon is changing. A light bulb hit me too when you were talking about Uber. And, you know, years ago, we'd say to our kids, you know, don't get into a car with a stranger if you had too much to drink or you're out too late. Now we're like, don't even think about getting behind the wheel and you make sure you get in the car with a stranger, i.e. an Uber. So so everything is shifting, right? It's very, very common for us to go into a coffee shop and work. It's very, very common. I, a lot of kids, you know, driver's licenses are down now. A lot of kids aren't even getting licenses because they're just Ubering and yeah. they don't care. If I go back in my mind and I think about you know, me wanting to have a driver's license. Now, I guess it's some of this has to do with where in the where in the country you live. It's, if it's rural, it's probably the other way. But like we're in the city here in Atlanta and I can remember that it was not that big a deal for, you know, kids my daughter's age to have a car or get their license because they were all just, they were Uber. Like when, when I walk out the building in the morning, I see the kids lined up waiting to take their Uber to go to school. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? If you think about it, the amount of money, like, so a basic car, right? Let's go with like a Toyota Corolla. You probably get that for like 300 bucks a month, right? Yeah. And then you add on insurance with an underage driver, the fact that they're going to crash it 16 times, all of the, all of that stuff, just the money alone. Let's say their insurance was a hundred bucks. If they spent 10 bucks a day in Uber, 15 bucks a day in Uber, it's about the same as owning a car. No that hassle. Has, that has zero value, by the way, because it's not like a car is some, an investment and it's going to like go up in value. It's not. It's going to be worth $0 because your kid is going to bang it into everything. 
And and by the way, we're just we're hammering home one one point, which is, you know, Uber or Upwork. There's a zillion of these examples that we can give. All okay. right, so let's move on to number three. Number three is passive or residual income. And so this is the other thing, you know, Rob, you and I have multiple businesses and we do have a brick and mortar business, uh, which eventually we will let go of. And we also have an online business and we have a network marketing business that provides residual income. And I think the important thing here is more and more people are looking for multiple streams of income. So let's say you are that person that's doing medical device sales and you see the writing on the wall and that your industry may be evolving, that you're getting paid less and you're working more. Now is the time to find another way to make money passively or in residual because once once that bubble bursts, once that job is automated, you're not going to have another option. If you're older and you've been, if you're 40, it's going to be really hard to jump to a completely different industry and be able to maintain your standard or standard of living. So again, a lot of these calls I'm doing now, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird time where people are really in job security is something that is on people's minds. So they're looking for another way and for me, residual income or passive income is the way to go. So passive income is basically your earnings from, let's say, a rental property or some sort of enterprise where you're not actively involved. So some people, this could be a home that you're renting out and you hire a management company if you have a second home or a beach house that you're renting out, um, similar to you know an Airbnb, but have someone managing for you. So you're not actively involved in it, but you do still create some residual income from it. Um, investments, of course, but you know that's kind of sketchy, can go up and down, the market can crash. Uh, you can write a book and get uh, residual income. So here's an interesting residual income story that I heard this weekend. So the woman that was the voice of Sleeping Beauty in the 50s, she lives in Tennessee. She's still alive? I think so. And she lives in Tennessee. And every single week, the bank gets checks from what she did in 1952 or whatever the year was of Sleeping Beauty. Wow. So every single week, and she's got to be in her what, 70s or 80s now. Every single week, this woman did one movie and she keeps getting residuals. And there are a lot of actors that, you know, you may get big checks, little checks, but that is exactly what residual income is. It's being paid over and over for the work that you do one time. Now, a great way to get residual income is either affiliate marketing or network marketing. The difference between the two is basically affiliate marketing. Let's say you um, Amazon now has a new influencer program. You can sign up for the Amazon influencer program. If you use the Diva Light, the Ring Light, you can put it on your website or on your Instagram page. And anyone clicks on it, they purchase it, you get a commission from it. That's affiliate marketing. That's a one-time um, thing. That's not income that's going to... It is passive because you don't actually have to do anything to get that income, but it is not residual. So passive income and residual income are two different things. Passive is you're not having to engage to actually make that income come in. Residual is that it just keeps showing up. So Network marketing is a great example of residual income. For Rob and I, we take the month of July, we go to Europe. I do work, I do check in on team, my teammates. I do help people, but I don't work in the same way that I work when I'm in the US, when I'm when I'm home or the other, let's call it 11 months of the year. But guess what? Every Monday, 
Monday payday, best thing, best invention ever. Every single Monday, income shows up into my account uh, from my company for work that I've done for the last three years. It just keeps coming in. That is residual income. And that is something that can quite honestly save a family. You and I, Rob, saw the writing on the wall in the medical world where we began to make half the amount of money and you were working double the time. And that's what led us personally to network marketing as a an additional stream of income. You know, gone are the days where one stream of income is your security. Now you need as many streams of income as you can. Personally for me, I want one for expenses, one for savings, and one for taxes in the oh shit account. So if you see the writing on the wall in whatever business you're in, where you see that that business is either using the example that Kim just used, like in the world of medical, where insurance is changing because of laws or or it's just drying up because of things like gig economy and share economy, or the industry is just being you know downsized for whatever reason, because people aren't using it. Don't bury your head in the sand and just go like, blah, 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 I'm not gonna listen to it. And you're gonna ride it and you're just gonna suffer. And we did that for a long time. We just sat there and suffered as our economy, as our income started to slowly get cut, cut in half because we weren't open to- Our other... ego was bigger than our suffering. There you and go. And then once our suffering <clears throat> got bigger than our ego, well, things shifted. Then we look for something else. So if any of this resonates with you and you wanna know more- um, about what we do with network marketing or you're considering joining our network marketing team. Um, on Instagram, you can direct message at Kim. Is it Kimberly or Kim? Kim Murgatroyd. At Kim Murgatroyd. And if you want to know more about the mastermind that I'm putting together, you can direct message me at Rob Murgatroyd. Have a great day, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. 